0: welcome back to another exciting episode of aaron's opinion the podcast for blind people where we talk about critical issues in the blindness community i'm aaron richmond tonight like all other episodes is of course copywritten by me aaron richmond and aaron's opinion thank you you know you guys can watch this episode right here on youtube as you all enjoy doing or you can even listen on on anchor or itunes or wherever you get a podcast don't forget you can even consider following me on Facebook, Twitter. Even consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page. On my Patreon page, Aaron's opinion six at gmail.com, 1240 one two four zero six eight one nine eight six nine for contributions. Let's get right into this one. Um, I am really excited and really really pleased uh, to be joined this evening by Rebecca Meadows. Um, the CEO of Blue Butterfly Enterprises. She joins us now. And I, you know, you have a very, very interesting story, a great story about overcoming things. Um, I want you to, in this case, I want you to basically, if you want, start your story by talking to us, kind of the perspective of your, your book that you have been working on or that you, you wanted to present two books, Um, one of which you talk a lot about your blindness journey and the challenges you've overcome successfully. So so Rebecca, go ahead, you're on. Okay,
1: I've actually written two books. I've published two books. I'm currently writing two other books that I've not yet published. But the two books I've published so far, the first one is called Because You're Blind and the second one is called Changing My Perspective. Both of my books that I have out right now I feel are very important Um, my first book is the story of how I overcame the struggle of waking up blind at the age of 12 years old, um, to find myself blind and brain injured as well as paralyzed on the left side of my body. And it's about the struggle to overcome all of that with no help from my parents, um, for many years. And then, um, when I was 20 years old, my parents dragged me to court and locked me down under a guardianship. So for 15 years, I languished under a guardianship and I continued to be mistreated and misdiagnosed and, and a lot of bad stuff happened. But I also did during that same period of time, get some of the training that I had been refused by my parents, you know, so I did finally get some of the training to help me recover from some of my um, injuries. Um, But I finally escaped from that guardianship in January of 2012. And so from the time I woke up blind in 1989 at the age of 12 until the, until the day I walked out of court in January of 2012, all of those years I had no, no free will. Do you understand? Yes. And so where a lot of people look at the blindness as the thing that devastated my life. The blindness really didn't devastate my life because once I got a cane, which it was really crazy because when they locked me down under that guardianship in 1997, even though my parents had refused to let me use a cane for years, that guardian actually stuck me in a place where they gave me a cane and taught me how to use it, right? So even though they took all my rights away from me, they gave me the training they had denied me for years. So all of a sudden I could suddenly walk around and do things safely, right? And all of a sudden I was able to do things. I mean, I was learning how to do things, and yet I couldn't do anything because I had no rights. Do you understand how crazy that was? Yes, I do. And um... so so that so that 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 fight to overcome that that guardianship that my parents locked me down under actually became the greater fight, you know, more so than overcoming the blindness. And so the day I the day I defeated the guardianship in January of 2012 from then on it was just a matter of going on with my life you know Um, but but that's what my first book is about and then my second book is about putting my life back together after I defeated that guardianship in January of 2012 and it's about how I put my life back together and how I started my company and how I changed my perspective you know what I mean Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. Yes, it does, Rebecca,
1: yes. And Erin, when I was a child at the age of eight years old, my second grade teacher taught me to read really well. And it was at that age when I decided I wanted to be a teacher when I grew up. And then four years later, I was blinded by a traumatic brain injury. And everybody told me that my life was pretty much over, right, that I would never be able to have my own free will again, basically. So it was a a long struggle to prove them all wrong right? to get that my free will back. And now today through my YouTube channel, I feel like I am the teacher that God created me to be when I was a little girl, right? Definitely. So that is my message to the world is basically that, you know, it doesn't really matter what the people who are around you are saying to you. They may look at you and see you as worthless or see you as somebody who can't achieve anything of value in their opinion. But but that's not necessarily true. You just have to fight to find your own value and then learn how to share it with the world.
0: It's so true. It's a thousand percent correct.
1: And, and we all have valuable stuff to offer the world. Maybe, Maybe your parents don't see what you have is valuable. And maybe nobody around you right now sees what you have to offer as valuable, but somebody in the world will be helped by your knowledge or your wisdom or what you have to offer the world. And it's just a matter of getting out there and sharing yourself with the world.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So let's, you know, let's kind of retrace our steps a little bit, you know, um, well, for one thing, Um, there's a lot of similarity that I'm seeing, you know, as I, as as I've been podcasting for over a year, Rebecca, there's a lot of similarities that I'm noticing amongst the blindness community all over the world. You know, really, I've talked to people on almost all of the continents and, and they all say, um, many of the same things, um, You know about you know society not really not really having the right expectations and then basically the successful blind people like us needing to just overcome and as you say figure out basically figure out what you're good at and make that your dream make that your goals in life you know know what you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing in life that's really what this is about and i i've heard this story in so many different ways um you know in my case um, you know, I was born in 91, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, 29 years old, um, and I was born blind, so I never had to make this adjustment, and I tell people, I, and I will tell you, Rebecca, I understand everything you're saying on one hand, yet philosophically, I cannot possibly imagine what it would be like to be a sighted person because I was never sighted, and then because of that, I can never imagine what it must be like to lose your vision at... 12 years old, um, I'm not going to say there's any good age to become blind, but that 12 years old, I mean, that's an age of transition, you know, in my state, wherever I'm from in the States, it's the age where uh, people are kind of getting into middle school, secondary school, you know, you're starting to think that you're a little bit more mature, you're getting more mature, you're seeing more things, you know, that's, that's a, that's an incredibly, an incredibly poor time. In anyone's life to lose their vision and have to make more transitions so that's really that's really incredible um do you explain in your book in the first book because you're blind do you explain you know the, tra- the traumatic brain injury um i'm just curious about it um oh so you haven't read
1: my first book because
0: you're I, blind i i have i have not no not, not I, yet
1: I, I took pains in my first book to describe in great detail some of the odd things I was experiencing due to the brain injury Um, you know what I mean and I also talk in the book about the different stuff my vision was doing you know what I mean
0: well well okay I I kind of do would would you like I mean would you like to summarize some of the key points that you made would you like to kind of explain it some some of our viewers may or may not ever buy the book so I kind of want them to get a taste if you want to give them a taste of some of the things that you went through um, you know,
1: if, um, so if, if you want, I, I'm going to talk more about some of the brain injury things that I dealt with because to me they were so much more profound than than the the vision loss things. You know, right? Right? I mean? the, yes, yes. That's
0: that's what I meant. I was yeah. I was asking, uh, for, you know, c- coming up to ask that. So, so, so if, you know, as we say, if obviously so, if you don't mind me asking, what, right. how did you get so, this brain injury?
1: So, I I got the brain injury because. There was a brain tumor that was on my, growing in my brain when I was a child. Oh, Lord. And it was, it grew for many years. And I was having headaches for almost three years. And my mom was taking me to a doctor but before it was finally discovered and removed. And, um, but that's what caused the blindness and the brain injury. And the doctor that misdiagnosed it did a spinal test tap on me right at the end when the pressure was really high because the tumor had grown so large and that spinal tap caused you know the pressure in the brain to skyrocket and that's what caused my brain to herniate and I died in the ambulance and like I also wanted. my understanding is the paralysis also came from the pressure from the um spinal tap that that doctor did um so anyway, my situation was just so much more devastated by the medical malpractice of that doctor, you know? And I mean, all this happened back in 1989, you know what I mean? And back then we didn't have the same medical care that we have today. Right,
0: sure, sure. Well, I'm very sorry about that. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's horrific um, for anyone, especially a child. That's absol- That's absolutely horrific, yeah um okay so then then you became blind um unfortunately Mm -hmm. um you know so okay moving moving full moving forward something that i'm sure um when i when i read the book uh, i'm hoping i'm hoping i probably will take a look i'm hoping i'll probably i i i'm hoping i'll probably read it something i hope you explain is so then can you explain this whole Guardianship thing and how you kind of got into this pickle in the first place when you were in your twenties?
1: Well, so let, let me tell you some of the brain injury stuff I suffered. Sure, so sure. Like like so I was suffering insomnia really bad, right? Like as from the time they brought me home from the hospital, like right away, every night, I was having really bad insomnia. Like I I was really tired when I go to bed, right? And I'd fall, a bit, fall asleep right, almost immediately. And I was listening to talking book machine tapes back then. So I'd mm-hmm. put a book, a, a tape in, I'd push play, and I'd lay down, I'd shut my eyes. And I would go to sleep. Like, literally within 15 minutes, I'd sound asleep. But then I would wake up a little while later. And I would be awake for hours, and I couldn't get back to sleep. And this went on all the time, right? And, like, I would be up. Like, we had cats. My parents had cats back then. You know how Aww. cats were- nocturnal. So like I would spend the night goofing around with the cats. Right. But like my, cause my brain wouldn't slow down at night so I could sleep. So I was up all night. Um, and I was having all, just a whole lot of things, but that insomnia was the worst, you know, because, because I couldn't sleep at night and then I was tired during the day and my parents were making me go to school back then, you know, I mean, it was really hard. Um, and I, I, the whole the whole situation was bad. I'm um, just put it that way. Um,
0: okay.
1: I had I had very little. Uh, I had poor medical care. I had parents who weren't who were uneducated, and who even though they were trying to do their best, they really didn't know what they were doing. And I was a severely injured child who wasn't really getting what I needed. And I mean, it was just by my own grit and determination that I survived it.
0: So then we move into your twenties, uh, where you become an adult at 18, and then you get into this sounds like you get into some sort of a legal situation where you're placed under guardianship, as you call it What's what's yeah. that for, for for listeners that might not be aware, I can imagine what it is, but for the listeners that may not know what is it.
1: What is a guardianship?
0: Yes, is you that said that
1: you... oh, Aaron. <laughs> what is a guardianship? A guardianship is a legal trap that lawyers use to steal the property and civil rights from people. Right. So, and these are trapped, they're, are these, these legal traps that family members don't realize that these lawyers use to steal the property from their loved ones when they let these lawyers lock them down under these guardianships you know and so for many years i had this this corrupt guardian over me who was stealing my property and who was abusing me behind the scenes and i had no advocates you know
0: so okay so i mean i i understood what it was the entire time just just to clarify it i just we just need to explain for the listeners that may may or may not have ever heard of this so mm-hmm. you're saying you had this as you call it, this corrupt guardian who was behind the scenes that so is the corrupt guardian, in other words, your own parents, or
1: no? The corrupt guardian was a lawyer who was best friends with my mother. Ah, uh,
0: okay, okay, yeah. So, w- um, hmm, hmm, yeah, that sounds very, yeah, that definitely sounds fishy. Um, so what exact, so what was the motivation for? Your, parent, your parents, especially your mother, to agree with this lawyer to get, to get into this mess, this lockdown
1: situation? Erin, if I knew that, the answer to that question, I would re- relieve myself of a great deal of worry over all these years. You know, I don't know what caused my mother to, to agree to go along with the plans of those lawyers. You know what I mean? I, my, I have, all I can say is my parents are uneducated people. Okay. I have four, I have four parents, a biological mother and father, and then a stepmother and stepfather. And only two of my parents have high school diplomas. Do you know what I mean? And none of them have college educations. And these four people were duped by a bunch of greedy lawyers into basically selling their daughter. And it was... It was just a bad scene and um then for 15 years i was taken advantage of by a bunch of greedy lawyers in the state of montana and um it it was really about ba- a bad situation and that's why i fought for so many years to get out of it and that's why i have been fighting every day since i finally got free of them in january of 2012 to Right, what happened? And you know, I, the first thing I did when I got out of court in January two thousand twelve was I went and wrote my book about what had happened, and I published it. And I told God in my heart, I said, God, if you ever want me to do anything big with this, you're going to have to make it happen. And then I went on with my life. And a few years later, I met Gino, the man who's helping me make a movie based on that first book. But before I met Gino, I had already started my second book, which I just published in. Uh, November, and I've been writing two more books since I finished that manuscript in August. I since have become an author, life coach, and motivational speaker, um, just because of everything I've been through.
0: So good, so good.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, what,
0: you know, your story, um, you know, back Be- you know, really, Becca, um, the thing that concerns me the most philosophically about all of this, as I said earlier, I've been having a lot of these similar conversations with other blind people around the world and around our own country you know around mm-hmm. our own region our neighborhood and i have a very concerning question now having nothing to just stepping away from you and me for a moment mm-hmm. can you t- can you tell us because you know you're you know you're an expert in this field and i'm not i'm not an expert so i'm asking you okay. how many how many other blind people have been taken advantage of and have gotten into these um, guardianship disasters. And how many other blind people have been taken advantage of by, as you say, greedy, corrupt lawyers? I'm oh. asking because I'm my my greatest fear is that i I, I don't think I don't think I hate to tell you. I do not think you are the first person who something like this has happened to. I'm sorry to say that, but I think okay. this Can has I happened address before. You question? Sure, sure, yeah, sure.
1: So let me tell you, Erin. Yes. When I when I first realized that I was in a really bad legal situation and that I was going to have to work really hard to try to figure out how to get out of it, it was a really huge burden on my shoulders. But I went on with life. And it was really crazy. Um, over the years as I went through and I started the process of fighting the guardianship. You know, I went into court in 2004 and lost the first time I tried to defeat the guardianship. And then I spent eight more years in court before I finally defeated it in 2012. So there were a lot of years of fighting and a lot of losses and a lot of wins, but a lot of losses too before I finally kicked its ass in 2012. and during all of that time um i was just looking forward to the day when i would finally be free of it but i didn't know i didn't know if i would even be able to go on after that point because when i finally walked out of court erin a free woman it was really scary do you realize i had never spent a day in my life with as a free person with all my civil rights intact because like I was blinded at the age of 12, right? And then I was denied treatment for my brain injury. So when I, the day I turned 18, I didn't have all the faculties that a normal adult has at the age of 18. And then two years later, they locked me down under a guardianship. And then they suddenly give me the training to help my brain recover. So I'm going through this training and my brain's recovering and they're teaching me how to use a cane and they're teaching me how to start doing stuff as a blind person, at least somewhat. I mean, I didn't get the non-visual um, training I got at um, the low, or at the um, training center I went two years later, but I did get a little bit of training to you know, do stuff safely around my house, like cook and clean. And like I said, I did learn how to use a cane, but You know, the fact that they denied me all of that for so many years and then they locked me down under guardianship and took all my rights away and then they gave me the training. And then for years, they like observed me and treated me like a lab rat and documented everything I was doing while I was living my life. It was really ridiculous, you know? And for a young woman who already had gone through all this stuff that, you know, like teenagers, normally have a lot of self-esteem issues and things they're trying to figure out about themselves in life already right but my teenage years were really effed up because of everything i was dealing with then i become a young adult and at the age of 20 my parents decide to lock me down under a guardianship for 15 years and then for 15 years i'm told how i'm supposed to think and what i'm supposed to do and i'm not allowed to even think or dream of my own decisions in life. So when I finally dissolved all of that in 2012, I found myself living in a house in a city that I had never wanted to live in. And so it was really weird trying to figure out what I, what, what I wanted my life to be at that point, right?
0: Sure, it does. It does. Yeah, it's all. I, I I believe you, and it's it's very concerning and very bizarre the entire thing. Um, and and yeah, and, and I, I yeah,
1: and and you know, I remember during those years while I was locked down under that guardianship, I would meet people, and they would say to me, they'd say, "Why are you locked down under a guardianship? You don't seem like you need a guardianship." And I would just look at them, and I would say. I don't know, because all those years I was trying to figure out how to get out of that guardianship, and I was constantly in the back of my mind working through it and watching everything and listening to everything that was being said by these people that were stealing my liberties from me, waiting for my opportunity, watching for an opportunity to turn the tables on them, right, so I could escape from them, and And I finally had my chance. And that's why I wrote my book. But see, over the years, I've met so many other people just by happenstance who are also locked down under guardianships. And you know what? Most of them aren't even blind, Alan or Aaron. Most of them just have had different things happen in their lives. Like some of them are elderly. Some of them are in wheelchairs. Some of them have had a stroke. Some of them have this, that, or the other, you know, happen. Some of them were just orphans. And they wound up locked down under a guardianship. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And yeah, well, it's
1: so yeah. unfair. And somebody has to free all these people because these guardianships, there's they're set up for like illegitimate reasons and and they're corrupt. And, and once they lock you down under them, it's like you have to fight tooth and nail to get out of them. They don't have to have much evidence to lock you down, but you have to have all kinds of evidence to get free of them.
0: So, and what did you have to do to legally dissolve this guardianship in 2012? What well, did you need to prove?
1: Well, like I said, it didn't starting to, I fought, I didn't just fight in 2012. I fought for over eight years. Sure, sure.
0: Un- understood, yeah. right.
1: But what ultimately, what I ultimately did in 2012 was I had a neuropsychologist do a full neuropsychological evaluation of me and find that I was competent to handle my own affairs. And that's what I did in 2012. But I did the exact same thing in 2004. The only difference was in 2012, I no longer had my four parents and their greedy lawyers opposing me. Hmm. Hmm. I was the same person in 2012 that I was in 2004. I was not incapacitated. I was not what they were claiming I was. The only difference, like I said, is what I didn't, the greedy, the same greedy lawyers weren't involved in 2012 that were there in
0: 2004. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, this, you know, this, this is really, this is a really important topic in the blindness community. So. All right, well, of course. No, no, Aaron, I, 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 want, minutes, I want right. to address
1: something else. Sure, so sure. For, if any of your viewers are dealing with a guardianship, because listen, there are people, there's, there's a famous girl right now, in fact, who is locked down under a guardianship. And she, I feel really bad for her because I've watched some videos about her and it, when people ask her about her guardianship, she gives them the same kind of answers I used to give people. She just doesn't know. She doesn't know how she got in this guardianship. She doesn't know how to get out of it. And it's so overwhelming, she doesn't know where to start. So I just want your viewers to know that if you're locked down under a guardianship, this is how I got out of my guardianship. I stood on my constitutional rights because the Bill of Rights opens up with, the preamble says something like, all men are endowed with their creator, by their creator with the right to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And when I first read those words, when I read the preamble of the constitution, that was when I, it it was like a lightning bolt hitting me in the head. That's when I realized that was how I was gonna defeat that guardianship. I was just gonna have to go to court and tell a judge they were violating my constitutional rights. And it's and it was true because as i like then i read the first amendment the second amendment the third amendment as i was reading down all those amendments i was seeing flashbacks through my mind of different times during that 15 years of that guardianship when every one of those constitutional rights of mine had been violated through different things that had been done to me through that guardianship and that's how i know those things are unconstitutional
0: i agree Yeah.
1: And and so when Mm -hmm. I read the Constitution in 2004, that was when I realized that was my key to defeating that thing. But but uh, it took so much out of me to get to court in 2004. And then my mother testified against me in court in 2004 and my other three uh, spineless parents wouldn't stand up for me. And I had all these lawyers fighting me and I had to pay not only my lawyers to fight my parents and their lawyers, but I had to pay my mother's lawyers and the bank's lawyers to fight me. After all of that, I was so beaten up and bruised and just bloodied and felt so hopeless in 2004. It was another eight years before I went back and tried again, but I finally won in 2012 when I went back. But like I said, it was just standing on my constitutional rights
0: that did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, it's it's all it's all really important because um, I'm I'm concerned that, that uh, I am concerned that other blind people, not not just you, but I am concerned that other blind people were or are being taken advantage of by these types of things, these types of constitutional issues, and I'm I'm suspicious that it is happening you know, right under our noses a lot more than certainly I'm even aware. So I, I tremendously thank you for bringing it to, to my attention, to our attention here on, the, on this show. Um, and hopefully, um, my hope is a bit op- optimistic, I know, but I hope that people will educate themselves about this and be, and be aware of this issue. And so one more question. So then how did you, and how did you find out that you were under this guardianship. Did did your parents just tell you, like point blank, you're under a guardianship? They
1: or? they drug me into court late at night for an emergency court hearing. And my late called, at night? Oh.
0: Did, did yes. you did you uh, did you write this in your book? I certainly hope you wrote this down.
1: It's all in my book. You you know your viewers should read my first book is called Because You're Blind by Rebecca Meadows. My second book is called Changing My Perspective by Rebecca Meadows, and I'm writing two more books. I'm not sure what I'm going to call yeah, these other.
0: Uh, books. The, the, w- l- l- let me let me get through the first two. I, I I'm I'm determined to educate myself about it. So okay, um, definitely absolutely. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get those on on Audible of course for sure. Um, cool cool cool. Okay. Um, and highly, highly disturbing and incredibly interesting at the same time. So, 2012. Okay, you're a free woman now. Now what? Moving forward, how yes. did you get into?
1: How did I get into what?
0: How did you get into uh, Blue Butterfly Enterprises? And how did you, you know, <laughs> basically get into the art of YouTube podcasting? You know, how did okay, so you so get the you show? You want
1: me to start at? You want me to start at your first question? Yes, so, any, in so, so in 2012, I walked out of court, a free woman, right? But I was living in Missoula, Montana in a house that I'd been forced to purchase. And I didn't want to live in Missoula, Montana. And so, and I also didn't have, like, I couldn't read Braille at that point. My computer skills were really bad because I didn't know how to use JAWS or any like talking programs. Right. And so and I had never been allowed to go to college or anything after high school. I mean, the little bit of education I got after high school was just stuff I'd sought out on myself and tried to teach myself, right? So when I, the day I got out of court, I had to figure out how to, how to put my life together the way I wanted, right? Like I said, I was brought to Missoula, Montana against my will and locked down there for 15 years under that guardianship. But that wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be, right? So um, first thing I did was I went to Minneapolis, Minnesota to take some blind immersion training. And then when I got done with that, I bought a house in Mesa, Arizona because I didn't wanna go back to the cold climate in Montana. Um, So I've been here in Arizona ever since, so. Oh, wonderful, so good. Yeah, I've I've always done. And and then, like I said, and I up opening my company a year or so ago. So. okay all
0: right yeah well i've i've always thought that that arizona seems nice um wherever i am uh, in the country my location is of course undisclosed um mm-hmm. uh, be- uh, because uh, because i have a stalker in all honesty it is a serious mm-hmm. thing and a real thing Anyway, I've always thought that Arizona is a uh, very nice place. Seems like a beautiful place out there in the desert. So, so yeah, what do you think of Arizona as, like, overall as a place to live for, for blind people?
1: Oh, I feel like I died and went to heaven when I moved here, Erin. Because, <laughs> like, as a blind person, I've never had such a good life. Um, I also have horrible pain because I've been in four car accidents. And not to mention... Good the heavens! Good heavens, not, oh my gosh. And not to mention, you know, the damage from what happened when I was a kid because because I wasn't allowed to use a cane as a teenager. Yeah. Like I was falling down a lot and getting hurt and my parents were sending me to like summer camp without a cane. So I was literally like getting hurt a lot in really bad situations. So, so I have a lot of injuries to my body. And so like being here in Arizona where it's so much warmer than it was up in like Minnesota and Montana where I used to live, I just feel so much better.
0: Well, good. Excellent. Okay, so next, how did you come up with Blue Butterfly Enterprises and what what, what is that all about?
1: Well, maybe I shouldn't tell you. Maybe I should make your viewers buy my book, I'm Changing My Perspective to find out because I talk about it in there.
0: Oh, ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um,
1: Um, yeah, I, I just suggest your viewers buy my book because it's one of the many things I talk about in there.
0: And that's and that's the second one.
1: Yep, Changing My
0: Perspective. Changing My Perspective, which, mm-hmm. so first is because you're because, blind.
1: Because you're blind and then changing my perspective.
0: Right, excellent, okay. So um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about, you know, I mean, I I mean, I know you you want you want people to read the well, book, but do you want to tell us more about some of the some of the projects that you do want to tell us about, like well, your so, YouTube and some so,
1: things? So, so you know, my book, writing my first book because you're blind, is just where all of this started. I like I said, I've got other books that I've written, um, and we're making a movie based on my first book. And my YouTube channel is called Becca's World, um, and I strongly encourage your viewers to go check it out and and watch my videos and let me know what you guys think. I have, I think about 200 videos on there Um, and we're always, I'm doing several new videos each week I'm putting up there. So um, there's a lot to look at and a lot to comment on and a lot of ways to interact with Becca's world. Um, Initially we were, um, well, we've done videos several different ways over time but we recently started this new this new format that we're using at least once a week right now, where we go live and our viewers are able to interact with us while we're taping the show. And they're able to, to ask questions of me and the other panelists and interact with us in real time. And it's, we're really enjoying it. Um, and, and because we're doing that kind of randomly, the only way to really participate is to go on Becca's World and become a subscriber and a, you know, a viewer. So you get notified when we're gonna be live. Um, anyway, um, and so that's, that's one of the, one way in which we've been doing videos and we've been, we do videos like th- this way too, over Zoom, the way you're doing it right now. Um, but before the pandemic, we were actually doing videos in person. So...
0: Right, where people would come to your studio and you would sit down with right. them.
1: Right, or, or we, I, we go to them too. You know what we were going to do last year at the NFB convention, the one that got canceled for the quarantine? We were actually going to be flying to Houston and we were going to rent a room I actually had a room rented and we were going to be doing interviews with people at the convention we were taking reservations from people and we were going to have them come in but we're going to do taped interviews with people to upload to Becca's world and I plan on doing that whenever we have another in-person NFB convention I still That's that's a great idea Oh, yeah, because, you know, I've been doing all these VIP videos and these longer form interview videos with people and getting all their great expertise and knowledge. But at these NFB conventions, there's like thousands of people. So, yeah, it's such a great opportunity to meet a whole bunch of people all at once. That's what we were going to do last year. But like I said, we'll do it when, whenever the NFB does our next in-person convention again.
0: Right. Right. Well, I, I think that's, yeah, that's really important. And that these NFB conventions, you can interview people from overseas. I mean, you could really spread your channel. You could really globalize your, your whole channel um, easily. It's, it's interesting. Most of the people on this channel here on the YouTube side, most are from outside of the United States. However, Mm -hmm. on the audio side, on the iTunes side, most are from the United States. So it's a very interesting mix of people who-
1: Actually, I I follow a lot of YouTubers who are based here in the United States. Right. I don't know who their audiences are and I really don't know who most of my audience is. I mean, I know at one time I was getting notifications all the time from YouTube. So-and-so has subscribed to you on YouTube, but I haven't, I don't know what happened to those or maybe I just haven't had time to really look at them in a while. Um, but I know that I just really don't know who my subscribers are. You know, I think they remain somewhat anonymous. To,
0: to a degree, to, to a degree. Yes, yes. Um, well, one of, the, one of the things that we, we talked about before, guys, and you remember when I was on Becca's World on the, on the VIP tag, on the VIP video, or at some point I mentioned that you, you should get into podcasting. Um because it's really easy and with with anchor, let's say you can see all of the countries that tune into you. So if you're curious well, about that, yes
1: how do you, how do you do po- how do you like how do you take your YouTube feed and turn it into a podcast and where do you upload it to?
0: Well, the, the podcast came first and then the YouTube. So this, of course, we're recording basically two tracks. We're recording M4A and we're recording, uh MP, mp4 right okay M, m4a is what i i i take it and i basically share it into the anchor app so once you create a free account with anchor then you can just set up a becca's world on on anchor and then at anytime you're on zoom or or recording um certainly anytime you're recording over zoom you can easily Take the audio and just put it directly into into Anchor, and then they send it out. And then the same same with MP4. I pull the audio, I pull the MP4 out, and then push it into YouTube, and then do the two things at the same time. So that's and then in in all of my YouTube videos, most of them, if you go to the comments, you can see how I include the Anchor link, so that you know if you're at home and you and you're blind or or sighted, and you you just don't want to watch, then I still include the audio as in the podcast. So either way. You know, I believe in, in the distribution of knowledge and the distribution of content in, in every form. You know, to, to uh-huh. you, to everybody. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I understand. And so, so Aaron, would you yeah. be able to send me an email or email me a copy of this video so I can share it on my channel too? Um, sh- um, sure. Mm, I
0: can. Well, I can certainly send. I can certainly send you the video after I publish it. Is that is that, is that, is that what yeah. you mean?
1: Right. Right. So I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I can say, yeah.
0: After I publish it on YouTube, um, I can certainly send you back the, the final, mm-hmm. the final co- Of course I will. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I would always, I would always do that. Okay. Um, but of course, um, you know, I always love having every guest, you know, t- talking about the most important issues to them. So what are some other really important issues just going on in society, going on in your life, going on in Becca's world that you just want to get off
1: your chest? So these lockdowns, this lockdown we just came out of, and this one that we're going to be going back under, Aaron, these greatly concern me, because these are exactly like the guardianship I was locked under. They are violating our constitutional rights by these lockdowns. And it infuriates me that I fought for 15 years to get free from that guardianship. And now because of these, these stupid... Um, these stupid governors and mayors who are choosing to violate our constitutional rights, I'm in danger of losing my rights all over again, along with the rest of us.
0: I encourage you to reach out to whoever your elected official is there in Arizona, in the Arizona House of Delegates, Arizona State Senate. And I my advice is go talk to try to arrange a meeting with that person and explain your concerns.
1: I wonder, I might have to think about
0: that. That's what I would do. And mm-hmm. yes, that's my advice to you, Becca. Go arrange a meeting with your state I delegate. I like
1: that idea, Erin, I'll have to do that.
0: And 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 don't forget on your way out, when when you're in their office, don't forget to slip them a copy of your book.
1: And oh say, yeah.
0: And say, you know, you may want to educate yourself about this issue, because, because in my I opinion, in here. my opinion, what you're what the the laws that you are passing here in uh, Tucson, I believe, um, it are are exactly the laws that we need that we do that we do not need, and that exactly the laws that violate the constitutional rights of blind people and 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 anyone else. If that is, you know, your your, I guess. Um, your thesis your 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 argument that that, that you're presenting i've right. talked to my representatives before yes yeah what did you say about tucson yeah i think yeah t- tucson that, that's where the state house would be in in arizona right
1: oh oh i don't know i'm not even sure i don't isn't it, is t- is tucson the county of arizona maybe it is wait the capital i thought it was i thought <laughs> phoenix was i thought phoenix was the capital so but maybe I'm not. No, it's either. But no, I think. Well, anyway, okay, I'm way. sure I can figure out where it's at, but. Yeah. So
0: either way, we're, 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 I'm, I'm not sure myself. E- either, mm-hmm. way, either way, you would go to the State House of Arizona and you would you would have a meeting with, with your with your representative and saying, yeah. look, I'm your I'm your con- I'm your constituent. Here are my concerns you really should listen to me or else you might lose my vote the next time I go and vote and I hope that you vote they'll every... lose
1: a lot more than my vote I'm a youtuber well then you an go. author well and there a, you go and a motivational speaker and a life coach so
0: well, there you go. So it sounds like if I was an elected official, it sounds like that someone like you, Rebecca Meadows, would be the person that I would want in my office, educating me about these issues so that I can make sure to pass the best laws for everyone, for blind yeah. people and, and everyone else. And I, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart.
1: Well, yeah, and like I said, these guardianships, most of the people, like I said, i bet peop- lots of people just by pure happenstance who are locked down under these guardianships. And most of them aren't even blind you can lots of people wind up locked down under these guardianships um just because something happens in their life like i said people people who are adopted as children they turn 18 and as they're turning 18 somebody locks them on down under a guardianship right to take their rights away this stuff happens all the time or if you if you're a child and someone leaves you a great deal of money someone else will come along and lock you down under a guardianship to take advantage of you i mean this stuff is just it's wrong, and it needs to stop. Yeah,
0: it needs to stop. I yeah. agree. Um, I really, I really like the way that sounded. It needs to stop. I really like that. Um, any, um, so of course, you guys. Becca has interviewed me, but of course, every guest has basically the same opportunities on this show as I give the entire world. Um, so I'm I'm out of questions. Um, I'm certainly going to look into certainly going to look into these books. But of course, it wouldn't be an episode of Aaron's opinion without me asking you. So Rebecca Meadows, if you could ask me only one question. One question to really make me sweat to really see how much salt I'm worth. What question would you ask?
1: Um, have you written any books, Aaron? Nope. Should I? Yes. Oh, cool. What's it called? <laughs> I believe everybody has a book inside of them, something that they're supposed to share with the world. So what is it inside of you, Aaron, that you're meant to share with the world?
0: I don't know yet. But of course, as our great friend Samuel Clemens would have said, and as I'm sure he would have said to you if you had gone back in time, Rebecca, there are only two important days in your life, the day you're born and the day you know why. So it's up to us to know why.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know why I was born. Do you know why you were born, Aaron? I don't,
0: but I hope it's because I'm supposed to educate people and help people. Well, in my for?
1: book, changing my perspective, I talk about how I discovered why I was
0: born. Well, gee, we're gonna, we're, I'm gonna have to give that. I'm gonna have to get. And you are good at promoting your book on Amazon. God, you, you are, you are really good at that. You really know how to promote a book. Um, I guess, I guess if I write one, I should, I should, I should, I should, ha- I should have you promoting it. I guess, right? Is that is that how this works? Sure. <laughs> well,
1: no, no, no. I'm not going to volunteer to promote other people's books. <laughs> I'm
0: not going to volunteer. I see. I see. Well, that, that was um, trem- trem- tremendously good, as always. Um, So do you have any words of wisdom that you want to say before you leave us? Because I think that's
1: it's about summing um, it up. Yeah, I do. Um, If you're struggling with something in your life and and somebody is telling you that you won't be able to achieve it for any reason under the sun, Um, don't believe them. You can achieve literally whatever you set your mind to. If you can see it in your mind, you can achieve it. That's it. That's right. And of course,
0: on a much lighter note, this was certainly a heavy episode. On a much lighter note, so if someone wants to get in touch with you personally, how do they do it?
1: They can check out Becca's World, on YouTube, or they can email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com.
0: Fantastic. For comments about this episode, as I say, you can email me um, at aaronsopinion6 at gmail.com. Uh, text message, you can text, call, or leave a voicemail, 1240 6819869. Don't forget, follow on Facebook, Twitter, comment below on YouTube, even consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page. We'd appreciate the support. Becca, I wish you the very best of health. To everybody else, I wish you the best of health. Um, Take care, everybody. And as a matter of fact, um, well, I forget it. You know what? I forget if this was my first recording of 20. I believe this was my first recording of 2021. So we're going to keep recording and have a great 2021. As I say on this podcast, thanks so much, everybody. And my motto here, help one person today, help a million people tomorrow.